A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. These are the commands, decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may be, go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your hearts and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Uh, my name's Paul. I'm the lead pastor here at the DI Fellowship. And this morning, we're going to do something a little unique, at least unique to our church, which is we're going to have a panel uh, come up and share about their stories, their testimonies. But as we prepare for this time, I invite you to bow your heads with me as I share one more word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day to all the men in the room, those who are biological fathers and those who are spiritual fathers with us. And in honor of this day, we're actually inviting three fathers to join me on the stage this morning to share a little of their story in their walk with the Lord as uh, God, their father, in their walk with their children. And so this morning, let me invite Kenneth Padgett to make his way forward, uh, Ryan Oberly and Bill Malley. Can we give them a round of applause as they come forward? All right, come on down. Any seats available? Any seats available? No drumming right now, Kenneth. So um, what we're going to do is a kind of a popcorn panel. Uh, I realize we haven't done this for a while, but when we have done it, it's been really well received. And I would just invite you to hear uh, from the Lord maybe one takeaway that could impact you and how you uh, love and lead others um, in your life, both men and women. And uh, so with this, this is Ryan over here. Uh, this is Kenneth and this is Bill. We all come from uh, different walks of life, and uh, the only thing I'd ask of you guys is just to keep your answers rather short so that we all have a chance to share this morning. So I want to begin with this question. When, when did you become a follower of Christ? I'll start down at the end with Ryan. Yeah. I was thinking the end would be last. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was 25, halfway through law school, and uh, a pretty much a complete mess, and God just... Um, uh, grabbed me there and, and uh, turned my life around. Yeah, I was 24. I think I've told you guys maybe before if you've heard it. Uh, I was in the Navy, and I was in the Persian Gulf, and I heard the gospel, and God renewed my heart. 
Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, I became a Christian uh, as a teenager on November 28th and 29th. Uh, and there's a story behind that, but I'll, that's, I'll explain that for another time. It took God two days to save me. That's how bad it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I became a believer in preschool. And uh, I strayed and came back during college. What are the names and ages of your children? Uh, Dee Dee and I are a blended family. I have two boys, and she has two boys. Um, there are uh, John is the oldest, Charles, uh, Casey, and Jacob. What was the second part of that? No, names oh, and ages? Names, oh, um, 29, 28, 26, and 25. Soon to be 26. Okay. Isley and Lila, and they are eight and four in that order. Yeah, I have three kids. Jack's 10, or will be 10. Uh, Caroline's eight, and uh, Savannah is five. And I have Caden, Blaze, and Sailor, 15, 13, and 11. So we've got a lot of different ages represented. Uh, in one word, how would you describe fatherhood? Uh, I would say uh, servanthood. Just the amount that, uh, of serving that you have to do as a father. Um, and uh, yeah, that is at least what I'm working on uh, a lot. And so uh, that's what stuck out to me. Uh, I would say awesome um, in both senses of the word, where it's awesome, like cool surfer guy, awesome, it's fun. And it's awesome, like, you know, see, being fearful and. This is an incredible thing, this thing called fatherhood, mm. um, something I ought not take lightly. Mm. Um, I kind of waited until this moment to actually try and think. I, I had the questions earlier, but I wanted to do the, like, the first thing that popped into my head. And for me, the word was hope, because um, our kids are older, and we all hear stories about people who have uh, have done everything they possibly can to raise their children correctly, and then, you know, they still stray or they go wrong. And um, in, in my experience, uh, my hope for our kids, and fortunately they've uh, I've been really blessed with how God is using them, um, have fulfilled those hopes. Okay, guys, now to the nitty-gritty. When did you realize that fatherhood was a big deal? What was that moment where you were like, oh, my gosh, this is real. Um, for me, it, it was a little odd because um, I didn't realize that I had become a father uh, until the day after it happened because I was in Iraq. I spent most of my adult life uh, in the Army, and I was deployed at the time. Um, I didn't get to see uh, my son until he, until he was four months old. Mm -hmm. um, I guess because of that, uh, it, it was amazing and awesome and fearful. All, all the emotions, uh, all the feels, all at the same time. Mm. Um, and, and then just such incredible joy uh, when I finally got to, to, to hold my son. And um, I did the whole Lion King thing, you know. Yeah, you, you did. You want to sing for us? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, maybe a lot of dads can resonate. It's when the doctor handed Isley to me. Uh, I was, I will kill anybody in this room who tries to harm this little kid right now. Before that, it was kind of all theoretical, you know, like, oh, here's what the kind of dad I'm going to be. 
Um, but in that moment, yeah, all the feels. I like that one. Um, that's, that's the moment for me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's that they hand you this baby and you have so much love for them, but you're like, I've never seen this kid before. And like, how can I have so much love for someone I've never really met? And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just such a massive shift in, in your life. Okay. Do you want to answer? Um, I will just say for me, uh, our first, um, when we got to the hospital, we had a young nurse and she was uh, speaking sweetly to us and she hooked up Carly to the different um, monitors and Caden, we lost Caden's heartbeat and she hit a red button on the wall and uh, a whole SWAT team of medical professionals came and saved his life and saved Carly's life. And I think that that fine line between life and death and how, how much is um, present in that moment with that struggle, right? And so um, it was very serious before he even came into the world. Um, when you think of Scripture, uh, what's your favorite passage that comes to mind about God the Father? Um, I think probably... <laughs> All, all of the Psalms, really. Uh, you know, the, the compassion that's exhibited throughout the Psalms uh, that, that, and the, the love and the steadfast, you know, uh, rock that, that God is. Uh, I was reading this week in, in Psalm 103, and there's this passage where it says, um, it's talking about God's compassion, and he basically, he says, uh, he knows our frame, he knows we're dust. Um, and yet, you know, the whole Psalm before and after that is just how much compassion and love he has and he pours on us, even though we're dust. And I think um, that was just, uh, and it compares it to a father to his child. And that was really uh, what I thought of. That's good. <laughs> um, so he went the whole book of Psalms. I'm going to go the whole book of Proverbs. Um, I don't know if that's allowed, but. Keep um, it short. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to recite the whole book of Proverbs right now. <laughs> no, um, I mean, everybody has wisdom for their children but not everybody gets to write them in the Bible. Um, and so there's something theological happening in, in Proverbs. Uh, as it's attributed to Solomon, and he's imparting wisdom to his children. And there's a goodness that reflects the goodness of God. Uh, that's why it's included in the Bible. And this, the care that the writer of Proverbs has for his child, and uh, this... Um, petitioning to, to live into wisdom and love and compassion. Um, I can't help but think about God the Father petitioning me every time I read it. Hmm. Uh, what sticks out to me is um, our family became a blended family um, just as I was getting out of the Army. And if being in a blended family isn't challenging enough, uh, it was doubly challenging because all of my adult life after college had been spent in the military where discipline and order and everything was like that. And then you get these uh, two new kids who aren't used to that. And um, so the verse that, that sticks out to me is uh, Ephesians 6, 4, uh, where it says, Fathers, do not pr provoke your children to, to wrath, but instead bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, it took me a while. Uh, Didi had to sit me down and say, look, Top, you're not in the Army anymore. Uh, these mm. aren't your soldiers. So um, uh, that is a verse both for my kids and for myself. 
So for me, I want to jump into this um, question and answer. I don't know why, but maybe this will resonate with some people in the room. And it's one of these situations where you find yourself going like, why God? Which is uh, Genesis chapter 22, Abraham and Isaac. There's this historic story where Abraham is um, told to go sacrifice, a burnt sacrifice, a burnt offering, and the offering being his son. And it contradicts everything Abraham might have known about God. And yet in, in faith, in a faith that transcends logic, he, he obeys and, and he goes to, to, to offer the sacrifice. And Isaac, the, the son, says, well, where's the, where's the offering? And, and Abraham says, well, God will provide. And then he does in the person of Jesus. And I guess it's one of those things as a dad thinking, man, um, I can't imagine something happening to my son. And yet um, God will always provide, even when it doesn't make sense. And so that's what jumps out to me. Um, what has been the greatest joy of fatherhood for you guys? What's one of the greatest joys? Um. Well, there's so many, um, especially with, with four sons. Um, That's a lot. There's a lot of joy there, yeah. yeah. Um, the, um, but that first moment, I think all of us have, have, have had that, you know, where you have, you hold your son for the first time or your daughter, and that's a magical feeling that just is, I, I can't even put it into words. Um, I had, I had the, the blessing of being able to baptize uh, one of our sons um, and, I, and to participate in the ordination um, as a minister of one of our other sons. So um, those are just really big highlights in my life for that. Mm. Rebecca's thinking, don't mention watching Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I think uh, so far, um, it's been the questions, the, the why, and seeing the development of Isley's eight. So just she's starting to, uh, she's artistic, she's creative. Uh, Lila's crazy. Um, and uh, they're, they're totally in love as sisters, so... I just think it's the development, seeing the development, seeing the maturity happen. And I don't want it to happen too fast, but um, it's been super joyful. I love watching my kids worship uh, when they exhibit a fruit of the spirit um, and you can see it and you just, you know, your, your heart just melts and, and you have this sort of thankfulness, um, you know, whether it's self-discipline or compassion or, or love or or just treating their sibling well. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, you just know God's at work in their heart, and you just, you just are super thankful for that. You can hold the mic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this might not be the best answer, but it's, it's one of the answers, which is teaching my kids to risk boldly, um, kind of the, to dare greatly, both in their love and just their life. And, um, and seeing them, maybe that's just ingrained in me. My wife at times has to be the, um, 
what do they say, the string to my kite. And so, for instance, just um, those are the moments that I hold dear with my dad um, on multiple fronts. But just last week, just cliff diving 30 feet off a cliff uh, with Blaze and him just, you know, the joy of the jump. And maybe that being a picture of all of life to dare greatly with God and for God. How about struggle? What, what's maybe been a, a big struggle for you guys as, as dads? Yeah, um, I think the same word that I think about is, is servanthood. And that's, you know, really loving your kids um, the way that they deserve and the way that God wants you to um, in the grind of life, right? When you just want to be selfish and relax and do your own thing. Um, that is a, a constant struggle for me. Yeah, I, I think it's reckoning with my own fallenness in the midst of my family. Um, Believe it or not, I'm not perfect. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's what it is. I mean, that's um, sometimes you get a little too angry. Sometimes you're a little too short. Um, sometimes I'm a little too selfish. And I see it. The Spirit is working in me to convict me of this. Um, and it's, yeah, that's a struggle. And then when I, the biggest struggle is when I see my worst characteristics manifest themselves in my children. So God help us all. Uh, we we all went I've, I've, we've definitely been through those struggles as our kids were younger um, all ours are grown and they're out of the house um, and honestly one of the biggest struggles for me now is um, just dealing with the fact that they're not at home uh, I don't get to see them as, as much as I would like um, my son's one son is a youth minister in Missouri the other one's in Lexington, Kentucky, and um, it, it's and I've got a our youngest granddaughter is with the one in Missouri, so I only get to see her a few times a year, uh, and that's difficult. That's a big struggle um, because fatherhood never ends. You know, it, it doesn't stop just because they're grown and married and out of the house. So that's that's been my struggle. I'm gonna hold the mic. I think for me, it's just fatigue. I remember I went to boarding school at 13, so I was independent rather early. And then Caden came along, and there was no off button. And I didn't understand that. I don't know what God was doing. But it just, the parenthood, it never stops. And I, I run out of steam, and then I start, like an engine running out of gas, I start misfiring, right? And the, kind of the worst of me comes out with my wife and kids. And, and even then, all I have is I'm sorry, like, I'm empty. And so I think finding the rhythms of grace to make sure I'm in a healthy place to lead and love my family well. Um, turning back to the scriptures, we read from Deuteronomy 6 today. I'm going to reread that because um, the mic was having some trouble there. But it says, uh, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road. When you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Quite a picture. So dads, 
how do you intentionally model or teach the Word of God to your kids? I got to give a, a shout out now um, to Didi for that um, because I, I don't decorate and it would be hideous if I tried. Um, but she has uh, things like that throughout our home uh, to help all of us, me included, uh, be reminded. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, write it on your door, uh, on your doors and carry it with you and all those things. And then um, uh, as the kids have grown, um, I'm starting to get, and uh, now they're starting to have families of their own, um, I'm starting to get the uh, the thank yous, you know, the, you know, thank you for doing this or thank you for doing that. Um, I don't, like Kenneth, I don't know that um, I've always been the best model, um, but I've always, even when I've messed up, tried to be able to talk with them and say, look, I messed this up. Uh, there's no excuse. Can you forgive me? And that was, that was a huge thing for me. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it, the verse, it, he, he says the, the hero Israel, your God is one. Love him with your heart, mind, strength, soul. And then he says in verse 6, um, to let it sink into your own heart. And then there's an order here. And then impress it on your kids, your children. And then he basically says, in everywhere you go and everything that you do. Um, and I think it's important for my kids that uh, I'm a man of God, that, that God's words have soaked into my heart. And um, they need a dad uh, who is attuned to the will of God, to the word of God, um, as imperfectly as I may project that. Um, what sticks out to me in that verse is that um, if they have, a, have parents, uh, Rebecca included, um, that, that, are, that are living their lives wholly for God, um, that's, that's how this is going to be ingrained into their, their narrative story, their life story. Um, it's going to seep into every aspect of that. So, yeah, that's, that's my answer. That's really good. Uh, yeah, I think along on the, on the modeling side like that, also let, letting your kids in in that part of the journey and, and you know, letting them know what you're praying through, what you're struggling with, you know, apologizing to them and letting them see that you're real um, and you're, you're struggling as well. Um, on the teaching side, we, we've started this year um, open up the scriptures and just going through, um, you know, a chapter. We, we, we try to do it every night. I'd say, honestly, we're probably 20% successful. But those 20% of the time, um, it's great. It's just great to open it up and, and whatever comes to you and asking them questions and getting them involved in, in understanding the narrative of the scripture has been uh, just a, a tremendous blessing for, for our family and to, to watch our kids really think. And I'm... Um, I think sometimes we, we downplay what they can understand, um, but I think they can actually pick up a lot more, and, and the word is just moving in them. You know, it's a, it's, it's a two-edged sword, so. Keep it. Oh, sorry. You can hold it. And I'll just echo what these guys have, have said. I, I, uh, I really like the idea of an authentic faith that starts in here and then 
can, there's a conversation around a table. Uh, for us, we, there's no um, conversations that, that's off limits with Scripture or life. So we, we really want to display, model the faith and converse about the faith. Um, I didn't grow up in a home uh, necessarily that... Uh, I grew up in a wonderful home, but the idea of uh, modeling confession, repentance, all of that, that is something I think I longed for. And I received when my brother went to rehab. Some of you know my story. I have one brother who went to rehab, but that's the first time I remember my father crying. And that has changed the relationship we've had uh, to this day, his vulnerability, the shared courage and vulnerability now we have both around the gospel. And so I think being able to apologize, to own your stuff, even with your kids, and apologize, and, uh, and then to model that kind of turning back to God again and again, you know, the idea of sanctification, we're being made like Jesus, um, and, and saying it's okay to not be okay, you know, uh, to model that authenticity. Uh, you spoke about diving into the Word of God. Maybe what's one resource you guys have found as a father that's been helpful uh, in your home? Yeah, as far as a resource, I would say older um, fathers and just, uh, you know, fathers like these guys, hearing their story, living in community and, um, you know, uh, having those real conversations, watching how other uh, Christians that I look up to, um, you know, father their children. That's been probably the most impactful and just being able to ask them questions and have them give us um, good advice. Yeah, you stole my answer. Oh, well, that must be good. Yeah, it was great. It was, that was a great answer. Um, sing on. It is on. Um, yeah, so uh, I think the same. I think just, um, and it doesn't even have to be, um, obviously, fathers, but just godly men around me, uh, godly women around me, godly people around me. Um, that's, what the, that's why we're here, right? To get to know each other. It's a network of relationships happening here uh, so that we can all grow in the wisdom and in stature uh, of the Lord. Um, and I, I'm a Bible nerd, so I'd, anything, the Bible project, if you're a dad or a mom, uh, just go soak yourself in the Bible project for a little while. Um, and I think that will bear fruit in your fatherhood. What he said. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's really very true. Um, a lot of us learn to be who we are because we see something in someone else and we think, man, that's really, really cool. I want to be like that. Um, as I was growing up, uh, my dad was not that at all. Um, just not what you would want a dad to be. And so I learned about uh, being a dad from seeing other dads uh, and the relationships that they had with their kids and I was saying, man, I, I want that. That's what I want, and that's what I want to be like. So um, for me, it, it's maybe just uh, seeing something that, we, that I, I see and say, man, that's really good. I want that, and then trying to emulate that. I just want to say this is a hard, hard thing to actually live into. Like, How do we, how do we um, model and teach our kids the Word of God, and what's the resource we use to do that? Um, I just want to name that for the dads in the room and for all the people in the room. And I'm going to share something, and I don't see Tiffany in the room yet, but uh, 
we're actually going to do something to help our congregation, which is um, what would it look like if we became literate in the Word of God together? And then we're, we were able to teach that to our kids. So one of the things that we're, we're kind of tossing around is somehow physically getting something that we can each write a scripture of the week on and have it as we go out for each week. And then as a community, just in the simplest way, 52 weeks out of the year, we're conversing about the same verse with our kids and with each other. It's a very simple next step, but we're working on that. So I just want to, um, especially for the exhausted parents in the room, say, hey, that's a simple tactic we're, we're looking to implement here in the next couple of months. So be on the lookout for that. Bill, you mentioned something. Uh, two more questions. One, um, who was it that uh, was the biggest influence on you as a dad? And, and what did you learn from him or her? Uh, well, it wasn't, wasn't my dad, um, but I uh, have been so blessed in that I had uh, a stepfather who was every, every time I, uh, there's a special occasion or like last year at Father's Day, I made it a point to talk to him and let him know that um, to me, he is what right looks like mm. when it comes to being a dad. Mm. And that has been such a tremendous blessing in my life. Um, uh, I, I fail miserably a lot of times, but I want to try to do my best to be the kind of dad that, that he has been. Mm. And what was the second part? And what, what was one thing that you learned from him? Uh, calmness. What was it? Calmness, being calm. Um, mm -hmm. He, I, I've, I've yet to see him lose his temper. Uh, and he has the kind of love that if you do something wrong, um, you, you, you're, you're not afraid of, of, of the getting chewed out or anything. You're afraid of the, of the look that he's going to give you, that he's disappointed. Mm. Um, but that's, that's one thing that I've, I've really tried to take away from him. And honestly, it's, it's along with Christ working in my life, uh, has made me a different person. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have uh, contributed to the father that I am today and that I will be, and that's still happening. Um, but the two most uh, influential people on me uh, are my dad and my mom. Um, my dad uh, is, has the biggest servant heart that I know. Um, all through my childhood, um, he was willing to drop anything he was doing to serve. And... Um, and he was a jack of all trades, so he could serve in way more ways than I can. I didn't get that part. But, um, but yeah, there's modeling that servanthood and his faithfulness and his, his steady nature. Um, but then, you know, the role of a father and a mother, they, over, they overlap so much um, that I would be remiss if I didn't mention my mom and shaping the, who I am. Um, my mom being... Uh, fun, creative, artistic, um, a stickler for good grammar, um, 
and uh, nurturing. Uh, we would be mistaken, should we think, that the mother nurtures and the father protects. And there's a hard line between those two. Um, there's a big overlap between those two. And I realize that now as I have daughters. Um, that is a, something that's come out of all this. Um, and uh, yeah, I think those two people teaching me nurturing and creativity and fun and servanthood and steadiness and faithfulness. Uh, I had, was blessed to have good parents as well um, uh, who love the Lord, but I think of uh, uh, my wife as the most influential, um, just the way that she uh, loves the Lord and is, uh, you know, committed to, to living a life that, that is, you know, fully uh, on fire for, for God and for Christ and for his glory. And, um, you know, we're right beside each other. And, you know, uh, I'm supposed to be the servant leader, but, but you know, oftentimes uh, I'm running to catch up with her. And, uh, and so I, I think as far as uh, being a good father, I, you know, um, she inspires me to do a lot more. You win. <laughs> yeah. That one got me. Uh, I would say um, multiple people have poured into me just to highlight my own dad and celebrate him. The phrase, the best ability starts with availability. Ability starts with availability. You hear that in sports all the time, but I think it's true of love. And he's always there. Like, he doesn't know what to say. I, some of the dads in the room, they're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to parent. Like, help. like I'm in the teenage years with my kids. And um, honestly, just being there and knowing that that man is for me and, you know, and then I can be for my kids even, even if I don't have the words to share. Um, last question. What is the hope you have for your kids and the kids of our church? Uh, yeah, I... I hope my kids just are on fire for, for God and, you know, are, are passionate and truly understand who they are in Christ um, and the reality of, world, of, of the world and, you know, what's against them. And, and, and I hope that for all of our kids and that it's a, a, this church could be a community where our kids are not um, just swayed in trying to, to honor the world, but are, are different and are having an impact um, and, and really fulfilling the mission of, of Daniel Allen Fellowship, you know, creating culture and being on mission for, uh, for Christ. That's good again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I want my kids to be holy. Um, I want them to um, follow King Jesus. I want them to love him with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, and every place they go, uh, everything they do. Um, and I want that for all of our kids. I want my hope for our kids is that um, they have um, parents who love God and and uh, who are um, deeply uh, interested in His Word, and um, that that just everything we've been saying this morning is uh, you know we influence our kids <laughs> um, more than anybody else, and we need to be godly. And we need to be a godly community. Um, 
And my hope is, and I think the reason that Rebecca and I are part of this community is because we feel like that's happening here. The Spirit is doing something here that's going to be good for my children. Um, and it's good for me. So, yeah, that's it. My biggest hope um, for my sons, especially being, I guess, kind of the, the senior member of the panel um, and looking at it uh, sometimes from a, a grandparent aspect, um, it's, it's, it's incredible when your sons become fathers because they start to understand some of the stuff that you tried to tell them all the time they're growing up. Um, but my biggest hope, um, and I was thinking about this, is that all of, all of our sons, all of our children, will have the courage to say yes to God even before they know the question. That's been something that uh, I've been muddling over. Uh, and and, and it, it's just, it, God, the answer is yes. Now, what was, what's the question? Mm. Just having that kind of courage and, and as Kenneth mentioned, uh, and Ryan as well, servant heart, to just have the courage to say yes, even if, even if you don't know the question. Mm. And I'll close by saying my, I have some some specific, I had a specific dream of marrying some of our kids as they got older. Not me marrying, but, it, you know. <laughs> I, my wife's like, why do you always say it like that? <laughs> Officiating marriages of, of our young people um, and having generations here to pour into the kids and then for our kids to pour into their kids, and, and on and on it goes. So every one of you is a kid in some sense, and let me stretch this out. So uh, we, we all are called to be sons and daughters of the king, and you're not alone. You're not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your kind of lack of knowledge or skill set. You're, you're not alone. Like those, those nights, we, we had dinner with a, a a couple that just had their first baby, and clearly they're not sleeping. They're, like, they're not sleeping. But just to be able to say, like, it'll be okay. Like, you're, you're, you're doing a great job. It'll be okay. And to be, to be the biggest fans of one another, you know, um, I love that. I, so a family that grows up over and over again together. Let me close with this uh, psalm. It says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And the idea of fear is, is one of reverence. It's not, it's actually an honorable thing where you don't have to be God. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to be the perfect man or woman or child. Xander, God loves you. Hunter, Tara, God loves you. He knows your struggles. Nick, Sarah, God loves you. Slow to anger, abounding in love. God the Father is for you. So let's pray into that as we transition to the table. Dear Heavenly Father, 
I just pray that, that this scripture and some of the truths from this panel would pierce our hearts and, and, and stick and bear fruit, that you would uh, create a harvest field not only in our hearts, but in this church. We want to see uh, families flourish here. We want to see uh, people flourish here. We're all your kids, and we just say thank you for uh, being slow to anger, full of compassion, full of grace and mercy, that you blot out our transgressions. You don't take our lives, but you save our lives. Some of these truths, God, will they transform us today or yet again today? We pray in your son's Jesus' name, amen.